0: Football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CAPITAL, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The Road to Rediscovery is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me ask you something. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, for me growing up, feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, doubt, and even imposter syndrome got in the way uh, of me reaching my goals and reaching my full potential, right? So, BetterHelp addresses these and more. It's not a crisis line and it's not self help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and get this, financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They mean it. Visit betterhelp.com slash road to rediscovery. That's better H E L P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And there's a special offer for our Road to Rediscovery listeners. Get 10% off your first month when you register at betterhelp.com/slash roadsrediscovery. We're all on this journey of life together, and it sure feels good to know professional help is within our reach with BetterHelp. Again, that's Better H E L P. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, help others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on the Road to Rediscovery, we are very passionate about giving you quality content that is of value to you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear, please visit roadtorediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash donate. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. My special guest is a urologist who, at the prime of his career, suffered a life-threatening stroke and found the inspiration to write, a, to write a novel chronicling his experience. It's called The Stroke Artist. Part of his mission is to share his journey of life lessons with those facing tremendous tragedy and struggles. The insights from his lessons learned will truly, truly inspire and resonate with you. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Dr. Bevan Choate to the show. Hey, Dr. Bevan, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you.
1: Thanks, Aubrey. I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of your your show and um, really like the message. thanks, Thanks for having me
0: on. Oh, absolutely, man. It's a pleasure having you on. So you were just 35 when this happened. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I'm 37 now, and yeah, I was uh, I was 35, and it was it was back in December of 2020 during the uh, the height of COVID.
0: Oh man, my goodness! So, were there any telltale signs that 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 came up, uh, or was this just like out of left field or something?
1: completely out of left field, just just woke up one morning, couldn't mm-hmm. c- couldn't stand, uh, was extremely dizzy, started throwing up and knew Man. something something was way off. but even even then I was 35 and and was in relatively good shape. so you know I had had no idea I was having a stroke.
0: Yeah, yeah. so um, I guess once you went to the hospital and, and everything and they you were diagnosed as having a stroke, um, you know, strokes are pretty serious, as we all know and uh, and you, especially yourself being a doctor and um, like heart attacks and so forth. And, you know, the way I see it, if if it doesn't take your life, a stroke can definitely be life changing, right?, uh, how difficult was it for you to find the inspiration to chronicle your experiences throughout? in the, in the midst of going through this, this stroke?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that was particularly difficult. And after, you know, after kind of getting, getting rolling with it, it it actually became something I looked forward to and was kind of a form of, of therapy. And, I, I just think initially like trying to do, trying to do any, anything was, was, um, you know, just kind of disheartening. As uh, you know, a lot of the things that I used to love to do, like running and going to the gym and those types of things, I, you know, I just flat out couldn't do physically. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, having something like that, you know, it was a little more of a mental challenge, and and a way that I could still challenge myself and and get joy out of it. And initially, my um, one of my urology colleagues who I trained with said. You know, he heard some of my stories and said, you really need to write these down. And I said, eh, I don't know. He said, no, just do it. You'll 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 you know, you'll appreciate it later. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I still didn't believe him, but I, I said I would do it, you know, just to kind of have some sort of therapy and regaining some of the dexterity of my left hand. Right. But uh, once, you know, once I got a few paragraphs, a few pages in, it sort of began some, you know, it sort of it sort of became something that um, I was really looking forward to and, mm-hmm. you know, because it was a creative endeavor and I finally kind of found a voice within this, you know, recording of events and everything and mm-hmm. thought, you know, this, this might actually help some people. And I, you know, being a physician and kind of being able to translate, you know, a lot of the the cloak and dagger of the medical industrial complex here you know it's like we can. uh um i i thought this might be useful to be you know kind of someone on the inside that can right. translate all this mess and and have you know anybody understand it so i really got into it at that point and mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of took it on as a, as a as a challenge or a challenge in personal growth or something like that
0: gotcha Gotcha. So um, we, 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 we know about the writings, we know about the stories and the novel and so forth. So um, uh, can you share with us, where does that tie in or how does that tie in to uh, your inspired name of the stroke artist? How did that name come about?
1: So it's, it's a play on choke artist, which is, you know, sort of someone who almost made it, you know, to, to the, uh, the, uh, the good life or whatever and then and then fell short whatever you want to call it and then sure. it, it also also a play on the fact that uh, art was was a big form of, of, of therapy and something I was able to do immediately after the stroke and and so during those long days of going to physical and occupational rehab centers and and all that good stuff I, mm-hmm. I got home and and painting was kind of like my only solace, you know. And I could, I could do it with my right hand, and it was a big source of validation because it was something that I could still do, you know. Maybe maybe right. I'm not you know a, a surgeon or a doctor anymore. Who knows? But uh, I'm I can at least paint, and I I can do, you know, turn something out that's pretty decent. So it was it was validating, and and that's that's where the artist part of it comes in as well.
0: Nice. So you you had an interest in um and and you explored uh, and practiced painting before the stroke is that right I did a little bit just okay. just not
1: just not quite to that extent yeah and I, I to be fair i probably never had that that kind of time mm-hmm. but you know it was something that i got i got into beforehand but it just took off to a whole new level because it was There's something that I could now do and and something that might uh, maybe define me a little more or something like that. So, you know, that's that's where that's where it came into it.
0: Love it. Love it. And uh, I can I can see that as being therapeutic as well. And uh, in throughout the journey, as you have been going through the writings and the paintings and so forth, uh, was there anything you started to learn about yourself that you didn't know, say, before the stroke? Absolutely. Uh,
1: yeah, I think, you know, it was like a, an exercise in in reflection, you know, something that we often don't, you know, the average person probably doesn't even take time for and in they're in their given, you know, busy, hectic life to do. And and, mm-hmm. and I think it was a period of time where I had, a great deal of reflection to do. And I I learned a ton about myself, you know, I realized that, you know, even though my, my career was, was extremely important to me, uh, you know, I was, it was something I could do with my hands. I was able to help other people. It was, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was extremely fulfilling, but at the same time, um, I wasn't really developing or growing as a, as a person, you know, I might've been a, a good doctor, or a good surgeon, or something like that. But I, mm-hmm. I, I almost let that, you know, consume me, mm-hmm. and I, I let a lot of relationships in my life suffer, um, especially with my own family. And mm-hmm. I realized that, um, you know, a career, even though it, it seemingly defines a man, I, I don't, I don't think it uh, necessarily should. Um, right. You know, and I, because yeah. I think. A career, you know, is something that could, could easily be stripped away. You know, you could, you could have a stroke, exactly. a massive heart attack. You could have, um, you just get fired, simple enough. Um, mm-hmm. And and if you, if all that's stripped away and you kind of say, look, uh, you know, I'm underneath all of this. I'm, I'm kind of this lonely, isolative person, then then where are you at now? And so it's, I kind of realized, you know, I invested a lot in, in a career and and never really took the time to reflect and kind of figure out how I was doing and how that was affecting other people. And so I, th- I think that's, that's kind of what it taught me the most. And, and, um, yeah. you know, that from that, it's been kind of a, um, a foundation on which to build, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And by the way, I'm in, uh, I'm in total agreement with you, Bevan, that, um, when it comes to, I, I guess us as men, husbands, fathers, providers, um, just over time, right? It, it's been a societal belief, I guess, um, about our careers defining us, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 it's, it's it's too bad that you know that it, it's it's a it's a societal belief, um, you know, but it sounds like your experience um, took you outside of that. And allowed for a more introspective look into who Bevan Choate is mm-hmm. and what are some of the areas while being a good doctor, um, you know, what are some of the areas can you work at to be a better person or um, relationship wise? And uh, and and even when it comes to um, uh, tackling adversities, would, would that be accurate?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think. Um... I think one of the things I learned is, is stop setting goals and stop making promises and all mm-hmm. that those kinds of things. I, I think, um, figure out some, you know, start small, like, like, you know, I, I wrote a book and got it published, but that wasn't because I sat down one day and said, I'm going to write a book. And get it right. It's, it's like, I, it's cause I sat down and I typed a word and then that word became a sentence and then, and then, and so on. And so it's like, I think you can apply those principles, kind of those, you know, atomic habits type principles to a lot of, a lot of places in your life. And, uh, and I think if you, if you live in such a way that it kind of becomes habitual, you know, hopefully those things are good. Then, um, then I think you can have really good, you know, outcomes and and success with that stuff. Um, I I think another area where I realized that I fell short was uh, community. You know, like, like, well, what does that mean? Is that your your block, or is it like your, you know, your social media community? Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I, I mean, you know, I, I realize that a community is important. Um, I think you know humans are pretty hardwired to have some so, some sort of community or a sense of. Hundred
0: percent, hundred percent, yes, sir.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, my, my old surgeon mentality is like, oh, I can do everything on my own. I, you know, I don't, I don't need anybody. I, you know, I yeah. can do this and that. And that's, that's couldn't be further from the truth. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to where I'm at uh, because I didn't have help. I had tons of help and lots mm-hmm. of great people. And, uh, and, you know, I've just finally realized that. And so I've been more involved in like the stroke support community. That's, that's a really fantastic, you know, group of people. And, yes and have learned a lot from them, learned a lot from, from um, other people as well. And, um, you know, I, I just realized that that's an important thing. And, and um, you know, I think a lot of good and a lot of um, interesting things can, can come from just, you know, doing a few small things, you know, in, yeah. in your day, maybe replace some things that are, you don't find very interesting or fulfilling with just a few good things, like, right, do, you know, like doing something nice for someone or, or just giving someone a compliment. I think right. it could be yeah. as simple as that, you know?
0: That's right. Yeah, no, totally. And, and, you know, it's really interesting how you, you really can't, you, you can't really tell the makeup of a person or even ourselves and what we're made of uh, until there's some major adversity or some big, struggle that that happens, right? And to, mm-hmm. to, to really see what someone or what even ourselves are, you know, what we're made of. Um, I, I think it's hard to tell unless such a challenging adversarial time would, you know, would would, would come up, you know, uh, but on the other side of that is strength and growth, but it all depends on how you respond to that to that struggle, right?
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, exactly what, what you were saying. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a family, you know, they were all uh, rough and tough, uh, you know, cattle trader types where, mm-hmm. where they, I mean, they were very used to hard times, you know, market crashes, droughts, yeah. you name it. And, yeah. uh, and they were, you know, my dad, grandfather, very, very cool, you know, very down to earth uh, people. And, and I think, you know, a lot of the respect that they've, garnered is just how they've handled adversity you know they didn't they didn't implode they just right you know went after it and I think I think in my mind you know when I'm when I'm you know 18 years old and I have the whole world figured out it's like I was like <laughs> I was like no I'm gonna I'm gonna do you one better I'm going to um I'm going to just not have any adversity in my life I'm just gonna engineer it to where everything's perfect and I'm gonna do what I want to do and this and that and I tried and I got, I got really close, (laughs) but, (laughs) you know, as soon as as something bad happened, you know, it really hit the fan. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you, there's not going to be a life, no matter how rich you are, no matter how successful, no matter how, whatever, whatever school you went to or whatever that that you're just gonna, um, you know, cruise along without, without any, any hardship. And I, I don't think I, I would really want to live in a, a world like that anyway, because how yeah. do you know, how do you know what's good? If everything, you know, <laughs> if everything's yeah. good, how do you know what's really good? You know,
0: no, yeah. that's true. And plus we would never grow. We would never build. I mean, you know, uh, we, we, we grow from the failures, right? We become mm-hmm. success from the failures. And I think I've heard a quote or something saying that, you know, failure is just success taking steps. You know, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. I I would I would rather live in a world where yes, there's going to be setbacks. It's not all, as my uh, grandfather used to say, it's not all cake and sunshine. You know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know these things are going to happen, and and so you know if you know it going on or if you know it head on going in right. You may not know when it'll happen. You may not know what exactly it'll be that'll happen, but you know going in, it's not going to be smooth sailing, okay, Uh, every day, every time, then I I, I think that gives me a little more relief than going in blind, thinking everything's going to be great, and then something happens. Right. You know, yeah, for sure. So um, I want to briefly talk about your paintings, if if I can. OK, yeah. now, now, Bevan, I'm a man of metaphors. OK, and, and I truly believe, you know, if we dream and uh, we dream about something that is totally unrelated to what's going on in our life, that there's a relation It ties in. It's just represented in a different object, a different form. Um, a different uh being or whatever, and, and 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 there's a metaphor that represents something that either you're yearning for or afraid of or don't want to face or something going on in life. So, I say all that to uh to ask you this. Um, I have a feeling that overall your paintings are based on your experience throughout your stroke. Okay, Th- that's just my thought. Um, but With each specific painting, was there an inspiration behind, you know, each of those uh, individually? So, for instance, you know, you may have a dominant color or a pattern on one work of art and a different color or pattern in another. Would any of that be from a metaphoric sense representative of what you were going through at that time in your journey?
1: I think I think so. Certainly. I mean, I, I have uh, I have a painting called uh, the Diving Bell, which is sort of a reference to um, a book called The Butterfly and the Diving Bell, mm-hmm. written by a, a French guy. Uh, I, I believe it was like a, a memoir. He and, and this guy had locked-in syndrome, uh, where it's like a basilar stroke where your mind is awake, you, you can open your eyes, but you just cannot move period. Like I, I mean, I, I couldn't think of a worse fate, but the guy apparently dictated this novel using, uh, using, uh, sort of almost like Morse code with his, with his eyes.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean like, like that, that was, uh, you know, an, an inspiring read for me to, mm-hmm. to then make a painting about. And, um, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think my paintings kind of reflect a, a general mood and, you know, I always sort of say that like maybe, you know, art is, is, it's almost like experimentation or something where you're trying, yeah. you, it's the act of, you know, doing something to try to, to try to get your, like the way I kind of see the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is like the subconscious mind is kind of like what you're thinking, but you just can't communicate it. And then your conscious mind is sort of like what you're thinking and can communicate it. Right. So I, I, I I sort of see painting as like this way to maybe suss out that that subconscious and and mm-hmm. like what you're saying. And I I think that's the cool part about it because it may start off one way. Yeah. And then, and then your subconscious say no, no 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 we're gonna we're gonna kind of go completely in this direction now and and I think that's that's cool to see.
0: Yeah, agreed. That's the beauty of art, right? I mean, it could be so abstract, like snowflakes. No two are alike because at any point in any drawing, in any painting, with any person, um, you can your subconscious can cause you to make that left turn or make that right turn, and so forth. And 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 so I can I can totally see that. I can also see um, how one can lose themselves. In a painting, right? Um, to get away from whatever pain you're feeling, to get away from whatever um, frustrations and, and anguish and anxiety that one may be feeling, it's an escape, you know? And at the same time, it's expression. And so, just like how one can lose themselves in a book, right? Or lose themselves in um, watching a movie. You know, and uh, and and just 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 immerse themselves into, if it's a period piece, that period into the characters and what's going on. You know, um, it's it's a nice escape. You know, to uh, to to kind of just I don't know, kind of reset yourself. And uh, you know, when you reflect, that you may even learn something from it as well, which I'm sure um, you have mentioned about yourself in uh, in in this whole process and this whole experience, and even with the paintings. So Bevan, I wanted to ask you. Um, it's uh, from I, I took a look at like an excerpt of your book, okay? And um, just like as you say, the stroke artist is kind of like a play on words. I think from some of some of your chapters or sections, uh, I, I, I think uh, I think you, like me, are are one to appreciate a little play on word actions. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think there was one chapter or a section that was called um, the hell tolls or to the hell tolls or something like that.
1: Yeah. For, for, for whom the hell tolls. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I, and, and I, and I took a, I took a, I took a, I took a quick read and, and, and glean at that, you know, and, um, and, and, and I guess being a person who not only loves metaphors, but also puns, you know, play on words and so forth um, to see that, just kind of drew my eyes directly to it and sparked an interest in, Hey, I wonder what this is all about, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so in your story and from what I read in, in that section, um, it just sounds like a, a I don't know, a, a journey of ebbs and flows Um and it's it seems like it's about trying, then failing, then trying again, then failing again, and all the while it seems like some psychological games are playing in your head, you know, yeah. and while you're going through this. Now, how did you, and and how would you recommend in, you know, for those listeners going through some very very um, traumatic experiences, how do you rise above those games or words playing in your head? to hear yourself think and to keep yourself motivated to stay the course?
1: Well, you know, in, in in a few of the chapters I actually described, um, I described my sedation dreams and I, I call, I can call them dreams now, but at the time I, they were not dreams to me. So I I was, I was intubated with a, a tube in my, you know, trachea and under, sedation or anesthesia for 26 days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so for 26 days I, I had kind of lived in this whole separate alternate reality. And you know it was just but it was to the point where I it was so real. At least you know my, my brain believed it was so real that that I just I had no really no inclination that it was a dream. Like like maybe five percent in the back of my mind but
0: yeah
1: i mean really it, it felt quite real and it was it was scary and 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 when i when i look back on it like i kind of look at um and and think about like the subject matter of these of these dreams and things like that 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 i was experiencing that in a way it was like it was almost kind of like like a war against my own subconscious which right which was mostly like negative thoughts and things like that or that's right or just like prevalent thoughts or something like that. And so Mm -hmm. I think, um, although, you know, and one of them, I can't, I just can't really describe, you know, why I was thinking about that maybe, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, but yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it was pretty wild stuff. It was like, um, I think there was, you know, there there was a a big portion of that, of that dream world was, was where, you know, it was kind of after the stroke, like um, almost like post, my own post-apocalypse and it was like, well, you know, you no longer have a career or job and blah, blah, blah. And you got, you got sent to a psychiatric ward and then a, um, you know, drug lord basically busted me out so I could be her, uh, personal physician. Mm. And I, I like, I worked for her and she manipulated me and it was this very scary situation. Oh, of course. You know, it was like threatening threatening my family and other, and stuff like that, and so it just became this 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 very crazy thing, and it it almost you know ends with a with a pretty big you know plot twist, but uh, but yeah, I mean it was it was extremely um, you know frightening, but but looking back on that, I kind of think you know I went to battle with all the all the negative feelings and things that I carried, and uh, you know came out came out okay. And like after going through that and then, you know, coming back to the real world, I mean, there, there was a it took about two days for me to actually realize that none of that had happened, which is kind of scary. But, um, you know, after that, I just I kind of had like a whole new appreciation, um, you know, a lust for life. kind of. Well, of course. I, was, I was like, this is the absolute worst case scenario. And on the other hand, hey, you, you know, maybe you don't have it so bad. Uh, yeah. But beyond that, I think, I think there's just kind of a lot of, I mentioned that, you know, the book's more like a, like a, a translation of, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the stuff that happens in a hospital that, that just seems like, Whoa, you know, way over your head and Mm -hmm. and fast. But, um, and then I, you know, I kind of, I, I think it's important to kind of see what, what someone who's, who's, you know, gone through something as as bad as a brain injury, um, where it's actually, you know, ruined the the car that your brain drives. And, um, and just sort of, you know, kind of hint at some of the thoughts, um, a brain injured person, may be thinking uh, things you can kind of do to, to make things a little more hospitable, you know, easier for them. And, um, and just kind of some practical tips, I think, on, on how to recover and how to, how to pull through something like that, because it's, it's definitely possible. It just, it just has to be done. And I, I think one of the big. Uh, points that I, you know, I would, I would say about that. And this probably applies to a lot of other, you know, medical catastrophes is that it's, you know, our, our whole lives, we, we we're, were kind of, we're kind of taught this linear thinking, like if we, you know, if we work hard and blah, 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 then, then we can retire and all this other stuff. Or if we invest in this safe thing, then later, we think we can draw out a lot of money. Uh, so it's this kind of linear, linear growth thinking. And And with, with stroke recovery and even, you know, probably a lot of recovery from other elements, you know, it's, it's not, it's not really linear at all. I think it's more of like a, a staircase it's, you're going to make gains and then there's going to be long periods of time where you're going nowhere (laughs) and you just kind of have to get comfortable with that. I was never, I was never comfortable with that, but I am now. Um, Right. But it's it's you know it's it's true. I mean there's just there can be long periods where you're just riding along and nothing's going on and then all of a sudden one day you're like, Whoa, I can I can do this with my hand now, you know, after yeah after working my tail off, you know, in the meantime, mm-hmm. but you know, it's uh, so yeah, I just put that bit of advice out there.
0: No, that's great advice and and I appreciate it and the listeners appreciate it as well, Bevan. So so as you reflect. Okay. do you feel that there is a difference in what was normal in uh, for you pre-stroke versus what you would consider normal today in post-stroke?
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think. um, I mean, yeah, that that very much has changed, like Mm -hmm. uh, I think the coolest thing where where I actually have the opportunity to experience that and live that is, is seeing my patients that, um, you know, have had strokes mm-hmm. and, and being able to be like, you know, Hey, you know, like, like, you know, what, what rehab center did you go to and, and how are you doing with everything and this and that, like being able to connect yes. on, on like a real, you know, personal level yes and, and be able to kind of feel, you know, be yeah, like able to empathize and, and really empathize, not just, you know, kind of approximate it. You're, you're kind of saying, yeah, I know, I know what that's like, not, not to say that I know exactly what it's like, but I, you know, I know more than maybe other people. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, that's like the, I think the coolest part about it is um, just being able to kind of relate on a, on a whole another level. Um, I mean, even with, with simple things like, uh, you know, I'm a urologist, so I, I place a lot of, uh, urinary catheters in people. And, and you know, I used to, I used to tell them it only hurts going in, it doesn't hurt coming out. But, you know, now, now I know from experience that that was total BS. So, so, so yeah, you know, I'm, like, you know, I'm a better doctor in that sense that I, I may not be operating and stuff now, but, uh, you know, just being in the clinic with my patients is a total joy. And, and yeah. I think getting getting to connect with them on that level is just something brand new and, and very cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's very cool. Um, indeed, man. And uh, on a personal note, I, I, I kind of have to um, just share this with you. I'm, I can't remember if I shared this um, during our preliminary chat a while back. But, um, you know, as <clears throat> as people give much deserved um, acknowledgement and uh, gratitude for uh, the military servicemen and women defending our country, uh, the first responders in uh, in going into harm's way uh, just for saving others, uh, and teachers, right for 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 developing our our future, our youth. Uh, I have to give a shout out, a big shout out to the urologists of the world. I truly, truly do because um, my urologist back in 2017. He, um, you know, I, I I came to him. We did some tests. I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and uh, and you know, he's the one that 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 caught it. He's the one that made the recommendation based off my circumstances. Uh, had surgery, had it removed. He did the surgery. the uh, The prostate was self was 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 contained, self contained. The cancer inside. And so, you know, I, I continue to go to him every six months for checkups and everything. And so, um, I just have a whole appreciation for urologists, uh, more than ever, um, prior to 2017. So yeah, the connection that you guys have with your patients is, um, it's extraordinary. I I can say that, you know, firsthand.
1: Well, thanks for saying that, you you know, you didn't. You don't need to say that, but, uh, I'm just glad everything, you know, worked out all right for you. And, and, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a bear of a thing to go through. I mean, you know, uh, having a prostate removed is not just like taking a little lump out of your kidney or something. It's yeah, like, uh, right. it's like, I mean, you know, like we're talking about life-changing events. I mean, as you know, you're a prime example of that. And, 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 and I know that, uh, you know, from firsthand experience is it's an extremely hard thing to go through in so many ways. And, uh, if you ever need anything, give me a call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I sure I will. I will, man, for sure. Um, but, but as you were talking about the catheter, uh, that was my first experience with the catheter ever in my life and, uh, and going out and coming in, I mean, well, I was, I was under when it went in, but yeah. going out Different story. No, 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 not so good. no, not too good. You know, it didn't feel too good. So, uh, but that's all behind now. But I just wanted to kind of share that, uh, you know, it is a true appreciation. So, so Bevan, um, if you can sum it up in one sentence, what is, what would you say is the main idea or message that you want readers to get from your story?
1: Um, I would say be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's one sentence. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you can and, elaborate
0: and, if you want.
1: Yeah, no. And maybe, maybe look within, um, you know, I think, um, mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, when I, when I say that, I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of say that I think, you know, human beings are kind of, we're, we're, you know, I, I was thinking about this when I Um, I was writing something the other day and I I asked the question, well, what, you know, myself, like, well, what is, what is myself? Is myself, Mm -hmm. um, is that sort of a consciousness within um, that's, you know, looking for love, community and growth? Or is it more like, or is myself just a, you know, a collection of neurons that's been hardwired by hundreds of thousands of years of evolution Right, that, right. Whose main purpose is to just protect the vessel that I'm, it inhabits or whatever. So, I'm, I'm thinking like, and I think the answer is maybe like we're 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 kind of a mixture of both. But mm-hmm. if we can if we can kind of foment the the former as, as much as possible, then then uh, I think we'll we'll have more fulfilling lives with uh, more community, more love, and and less uh, less hatred and isolation. So yeah that's that's what I mean by look within
0: <laughs> <laughs> no that makes a lot of sense and uh, and definitely well said sir so uh, yeah much much appreciated so bevan how can the listeners connect with you learn more about what you do learn about your journey and maybe even pick up a copy of your book
1: yeah so the uh, the stroke artist is on Amazon and Barnes and nobles and my I, I Put together a website called the thestrokeartist.myshopify.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am on uh, Instagram uh, at, at Bevan Choate, all one word.
0: Okay, gotcha. Well, we can put uh, direct links to your website and your Instagram handles uh, in the episode show notes. So we'll make sure that the listeners have that at their disposal to click. Get a copy of the book. Learn more about your journey as they're listening to this awesome conversation. Dr. Bevan Choate, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I I, I really do. Thanks so much for coming on, man.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It's, it's been it's been a lot of fun.
0: Oh, likewise, likewise. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. Now, look, if you have a loved one or a colleague, coworker, a friend who just seems to be not acting themselves, not being themselves, um, uh, troubles with addiction, maybe they have problems with debt or just just seem to be down in the dumps, not quite sure where to turn or who to turn to. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, you're not alone. And number two, There is always hope. The Roads Rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.